0: I thought, you know, business is a great way to throw the net wide. You know, you, you can go into any field in business, you know, knowing business allows you to work in any industry. And so I thought, let's go down the business route. Let's do international business because I knew I wanted to, to do something internationally. And so I started a business track and That really allowed me to not feel like I had to focus on one particular thing. You know, it didn't have to be, you know, computer business or it didn't have to be, you know, some other service company or whatever. It could be anything and I could try them all if I needed to until I found the passion. And so that's where I learned, you know, it's time to start trying a lot of things and throwing that net wide and let the passion, you know, find me.
1: Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence.
2: We have a great show for you today, straight out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. We've got Michael Yates, who is the Senior Director, Innovations and Agricultural Strategy at Walmart. Michael's gonna talk about what is the path to that career? If you wanna go into sales, you wanna go into business development, what are some possible paths to the big jobs? The end game, the senior role is gonna talk about his solar uh jobs his construction jobs his chemical jobs and all these different ways he found passion because michael's going to talk about how passion finds you and if it's worth doing it's worth overdoing welcome to the edge of excellence Well, Michael Yates, thank you for taking time out of your evening there in Bentonville, Arkansas. Welcome to the show and welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Thanks for having me. Well, it's actually my pleasure. It's my pleasure to have you. And you've got an interesting story that people are going to want to hear about. There's a lot of people that are in their 20s right now that seem to love to talk to people, love to cut deals love to lead people to a decision. They think sales might be their way. They want to know what is the path to sales and sales leadership. And you've got a really interesting path that they're going to really love to hear about. But before we get started, Michael Yates, what is your definition of excellence?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think excellence must be different for everyone, but I don't necessarily consider excellence as a measure of an game. Um, or a result, but maybe rather a measure of what it took to achieve something. So, you know, quality of the action, passion, lessons learned, positive impact on others, and, and overall, you know, just just quality of of what was done in in whatever you're 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 putting up against excellence. So whether it be in your life or your job or in a relationship. It's, it's sort of the path and, and the quality of, of what happens throughout that is what defines it for me. So it's it's the process going through what you put into
2: it, as well as the quality of the impact of whatever you're excellent at. If you're an excellent skier, it's the quality of the impact on the mountain and on, in the race or in the Olympics. If you're a quality father, it's the impact on the children and the time. And the process of raising kids, and if you're a quality senior director of innovations, agricultural strategy at Walmart, it's maybe even changing the world and how the world eats.
0: That's exactly right. And and I think that uh, you know quality is is directly linked to passion. And you know when you're passionate about something, the quality of your output is is so much better. and therefore your ability to achieve excellence is is uh, is better and I'll tell you I, I sure am passionate about food I'm passionate about democratization of food um, sustainability and what we can do to uh, to improve the life of everybody you know the world and you know the planet and the people on it well, you must have found the right place to
2: work because that sounds like that aligns with your current employer's vision, or at least what I know of it. And I think it's really interesting. It's easier to find excellence if you're going with the grain of your passion. So I I, I think, you know, I wanted to be a lawyer. I just could never be excellent at it because it's such an exact science and it's following the rules and it's everything I'm not, but in business. I may one day be excellent because it's aligned with my passion. And you love food, you love agriculture, you love sustainability, solar, all these different things. So from very young in life, you've been finding and following your passion. So maybe one day you can uh, reach excellence as well,
0: yeah, agreed. and And you know, I think the goal is is to try to reach excellence in in everything. You know, i'm I'm reminded that, Uh, you know, about a saying that my father always used to tell me. And I think, you know, my father had a lot of sayings that at the time when he was alive, he used to say them a lot and they, they, they weren't very impactful for me and they've become more and more impactful as I've, as I've grown up and become an adult and a father. And one of those I think was anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And You know, if, if you're going to dive headfirst into something, if you're going to jump into the deep end, if you're going to go after it, then go after it with all your passion, you know, don't, don't step lightly into something, um, or, you know, it's, it's okay to step lightly into something, but, but maybe don't do it forever. You know, don't, don't be scared to change paths. Um, if, if it doesn't, uh, if it doesn't tickle that passion bone.
2: Well, that's it. That gets into your job flow. And uh, we'll get into some of those sayings as we move on. If it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. We'll get into some little insight because some people that listen to this podcast know me and they may have heard me say that in the past (laughs) or they may have seen me live it as we jumped off the Atlas Mountains with parachutes on our back and no idea how to parachute. Um, But you have an interesting path. And I run into people all the time that find that they love sales. And when I was younger, sales was a dirty word. Nobody wanted to do it. But now it seems there's a lot of people that want to get into that profession. They see, you know, investment banking, going to get the clients as sales, getting the investors as sales. They see the pharmaceutical industry, the biomed industry is having a lot of sales opportunity. They see technology and sales is becoming something people want to do, but they don't know the path. And you've had this interesting path of having the greatest job you could ever have in college and then having the greatest senior executive role that anybody could ever have in college. And then moving into a chemical company that was a green chemical company and then into a solar company and then selling giant solar fields to Spain, I believe, because you speak Spanish and you were prepared with fluency in Spanish and then global sales and strategic development and then director of business development at San and Bio, which went from solar to agriculture and then finally ending up at I think the largest employer in the world as a senior director of innovations and agricultural strategy at Walmart. Did I get the process right? You did. Wow, I've got a good memory and good notes. So you've had this crazy flow and you've opened up kind of the the, the pathway for some someone that's driving right now, listening to this on 1.5 speed, because everybody does. If they're smart, they listen 1.5 speed and I sound way better at 1.5 speed because I talk too much. Um, They're listening at 1.5 speed and they're wondering, well, I like sales. I like the environment. Maybe they don't like agriculture. Maybe they don't like food. Maybe they don't care about the democratization of food, which is a good thing to care about. But Maybe they have another passion, but they like the sales and your path might open up uh, some ideas for them. So let's go way back to high school. Albuquerque, New Mexico, my second guest from Albuquerque, New Mexico. What was life like? Um, How did you find your path? What were you doing to get ahead in high school?
0: Yeah. So in high school, you know, I was, I was an okay student, but I think more than anything in high school and, and something again, that I think came from, from my, my parents and, and, and my friends was I, I had a great work ethic. You know, I started working just before I was 15 and back, you know, I don't even know if you can do that anymore, but Mm -hmm. you know, I, I went to, you know, back then you used to be able to go and get permission from your school to work before you were 15. And so I got a permission to work. And when I, when I was a freshman in high school, my dad said, you know, look, you're real social. If You want to, you know, go out on dates and do stuff. You're going to have to pay for it yourself. So go get a job. And so I had a couple of jobs where I was just getting paid cash and I decided I needed a real job and I got permission and I went and I became a prep cook at a high-end restaurant. They needed prep cooks and and I needed a job. And so, but all throughout high school, I worked. I worked after school during the week. I worked during the weekends and all throughout the summer. And when we had breaks, I worked. And I put in a lot of hours. And I think that that's always just been something that I was never scared of. Um, and I think that work, work ethic has, has, especially in my twenties, when I had time to act to, you know, more time to dedicate, you know, I did. And, and I think that that's, that's been really key for me overall, um, in my development, my process, um, throughout life.
2: And back to your definition of excellence, your passions find you. The one job happened to be in the food industry and maybe maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't like it, but it might have started to help you see. You got to have all these different experiences. You got to dig ditches. You got to mow lawns. You got to work in a restaurant. You have to go work in an office. You have to try that stuff to figure out what your passion is. You never know what you're going to stumble across. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, I'm unlike my brother. Um, so I have an older brother who's, who's four, four years older than me. Oh. And, uh, you know, we're very different. We were, you know, we were really good friends when we were younger. Then we weren't so good friends when we were around high school age. And then once we were both out of the house and adults, we, we became great friends again. But my brother, was traditionally sort of more introvert, but he was, he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, but very focused on what he was good at, what he liked. And that was engineering, you know, electronics, um, anything in that realm. He, it was, he was into it and he's been into it since he was five. I mean, you know, we all knew he was going to go into something like that from day one. Me on the other hand, you know, I had no clue what I was really into. I was kind of, I, I just dabbled in everything. You know, I knew I loved animals. I knew I was into nature. I knew I loved to talk. I've always been a talker. You know, there's been multiple people that have told me you have two ears and one mouth, use them in that ratio, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I think that um, I, I knew that I was very social and I loved being around people.
2: But sure. But but to back up a little bit, your brother has this passion. It seems obvious. Sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes it's not a good thing. But in your brother's case, it was. And he went and became an engineer and uh, has a drone business now. And everything's working out wonderfully for him. You are like maybe the other two thirds. Let's let's say half the people know what they want to do, but half of them are wrong. And and then the other half the people are out there exploring. So you go and you go down to Bolivia and you do a biology excursion and study rats in Bolivia. You work in a restaurant. You work all these different places before you go to college. And then when you go to college, you've had the interactions, you've had the conversations, you've had the wins, the losses. You, you know, you're kind of a, a ding dong the first time. And I and I'm sure your first job was probably in the field trapping mice and i'm sure you got in a lot of trouble you know my my first job was working on ferraris i bent one of the ferraris and then i dinged another one with a jack stand and i got fired so you got to go through all these different experiences to dial in so as you leave albuquerque new mexico a wonderful place with those beautiful sandia mountains and the snow covering the hills and all the wonderful huevos rancheros um, and the best green chili. And there is no corn. There is no ball of corn in any of the food in New Mexico that's Tex-Mex, and everybody knows Tex-Mex sucks. So you leave the best food in the world and you head off to college and you've got this work experience. What was life like in college? How'd you continue to find your
0: passion and find your way? Yeah, you know, I was pretty nervous in the beginning because you know, I had I had been lucky enough to be surrounded by people that were very focused in their career and very successful. And so there was kind of this weight on me to be like I don't know what I want to do, I don't know where my passion is. And so what I knew was I'm great at talking with people, I'm I'm a good storyteller and I believe in storytelling and I believe in And working on problems. And so I actually, I went to school when I was looking for schools, you know, you, you try to find a university that kind of is in the field maybe that you want to go in. Right. And so I thought journalism, I was really good at writing and I really wanted to do journalism and I had worked on the school paper in high school. And so I got into at the time, it was the best journalism program in the nation at university of Missouri, Columbia. And so I went there and I think like a lot of first year people, I got into the program and I started taking classes and I kind of quickly figured out this wasn't the path for me. And so then I was kind of left with, well, now what? And so I thought, you know what? I love to travel. I traveled a lot um, when I was younger and I thought, you know, business is a great way to throw the net wide you know, you you can go into any field in business, you know, knowing business allows you to work in any industry. And so I thought, let's go down the business route. Let's do international business because I knew I wanted to, to do something internationally. And so I started a business track and that really allowed me to not feel like I had to focus on one particular thing. You know, it didn't have to be, you know, computer business, or it didn't have to be, you know, some other service company or whatever. It could be anything, and I could try them all if I needed to until I found the passion. And so that's where I learned, you know, it's time to start trying a lot of things and throwing that net wide and let the passion, you know, find me. Wow. Uh, so
2: it's, it's a you're, you're kind of in the process of vetting your skill set, right? You're in there, you're doing journalism, you're vetting your skill set, but but you're finding out you're good at it. And at the same time, you're kind of in a hit and miss. So you might be good at something, but it, you don't love it. It's not your passion. And so did you sit there and say, OK, I'm good at journalism, I'm good at writing, I'm good at stories. What else can I apply this to? Or did you say, hey, scrap all that? What else is out there? And by the way, it's nice to be good at storytelling and good at writing if you're in business
0: development. Yeah, you know, well, I wasn't exactly sure what other skills I might be good at. And I got lucky enough to have some close friends that cared about me and were willing to open some doors. And I got an opportunity actually uh, to, to run my own small business which then let me explore a lot of avenues of business that, uh, you know, allowed me to, to see what was I good at? Was it marketing? Was it sales? Was it finance? Was it leadership? Was it, you know, what was it? And I think that that experience, you know, taught me so much about where I, what I was good at and what I wasn't. And more importantly, what I liked and what I didn't like. And then from there, I could really make sure that as I moved forward, I, I, I started trying to cater as much as possible or use the things that I knew I was good at to my advantage. So,
2: so when you were researching coming on this podcast, did you just listen to the Jerome Stewart podcast and that's it?
0: Um, actually, I didn't make it through the Jerome Stewart podcast. which was <gasps> the one I wanted to listen to. Oh, that's my brother. Um, And I'm going to listen to it, but no, I, unfortunately I I didn't get a a lot of time to listen to, uh, to a lot of the episodes there previously. Wow.
2: So if you had, you would understand that if you're one of the guests that worked at college works, you can let people know that are in the audience, that it was the college works program where you ran a business, not just some random, random company out there. Cause almost half the guests that come on the show at one point in time worked at college
0: yeah, College Works and National <laughs> Services Group was was really, you know, an entrance for me into business that um, was when, you know, looking back at it, one of the most impactful, I think, for my career, because it, er, it it really quickly set me on a path where I didn't have a lot of focus and it helped me understand where I needed to put effort and where I didn't. And I think that was that was super important. And it also, because I did quite well um, <laughs> uh, working in college works, it gave me a sense of accomplishment and and some very much needed confidence um, that you know what, I can do this. And I think that um, you know very appreciative of of those opportunities. But I think that you know those opportunities helped in as far as business skills for me to kind of hone a couple of things that I didn't understand when I first left high school and and started college which was a foundational base in business is one of the most important things that you can have that ultimately drives success later in your career and by foundational Things in business. I'm talking about an understanding of organization, networking, time management. These sorts of things that you know you you, you kind of hear in entry business classes, but until you you know you have the ex- experience of implementing those in an entrepreneurial fashion, you don't quite realize how important those those foundations to business are, and really to the rest of, of what has been my career, those have been founding principles that have, have led to my success in, in every position that I've held.
2: Yeah. So you did a bunch of stuff in high school that prepared you for when you're in college, you had a proven work ethic, you had proven interpersonal skills, um, you had a proven communication skills, you had organization skills, you had enough confidence to say, hey, I want to go try starting my own business with the College Works program. And then if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Uh, you were promoted to district manager, where you get to hone those skills and more, and we get even more training. And then you jumped ship and moved into clean sales, where we had a, di- a different company that was a chemical company, and you ran business development there as well. So you went from the construction industry to... Uh, chemical, which was also in the construction industry, but now business to business instead of business to consumer, and then you jumped into MCOR working in the solar industry, which was business to consumer as well, wasn't it?
0: It was business to consumer, but also business to business because we were we were also looking and selling to uh, utility companies, right? So it wasn't we weren't you know we weren't doing solar. For your house, you know, we're not doing stuff on rooftop. This is hundred megawatt stuff for utility companies, but those could have been to individuals who were investing in renewable energy, or more likely to companies um, like electric companies, or or renewable energy companies, or funds that were, you know, that were buying portfolios of projects. So.
2: So you're out there fishing. You do that. You do the run the business thing. And not everybody can do college works. It's not in their state. They're not ready for it. Um, there's other things out there. I would recommend there's, there's oftentimes shadow internships where you're watching versus you said you get experience implementing. So if you're look if you're out there looking for an internship and you want to go run a business, you're going to have to look pretty hard. If you're looking for an internship, where you actually get to do something, you're going to have to look pretty hard, but you want to eventually get an internship where you're implementing. And in your case, you wanted to implement a whole bunch of things. Yeah, sometimes people come to college because they know what they want to do. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to learn how to organize a business because I wanted to organize a law firm where someone wants to be an engineer. They want to rise up in engineering. Other times people don't know. So you came and you decided you want to try all aspects of business. You knew you wanted to have a business foundation and you settled in on the sales path. So first your business to consumer, you're selling paint jobs. Then you're helping other people, teaching them, leading them, helping them grow as a district manager. Then you moved into business to business sales, you know, working with the Home Depot, working with CVS and all these different organizations where the chemical was being sold. Then you moved into bigger products. So um, you can move laterally as far as business to business, business to consumer. You can move into bigger products. You start going into technology, start doing the solar. And then somehow it jumped from solar to agriculture. And I believe it's because the solar company, the parent company of uh, of San and Bio, wanted to get into the ag business because the lights they were making, it, was it a, a, a vertical integration step that they were taking? They wanted to supply lights to their own farms?
0: Yeah, they're they're uh, a very large LED chip manufacturer, um, highly vertically integrated. And when they were, you know, they're always looking for new industries to to get into for LEDs. And at the time, this is probably back in 2013 or so, The horticulture lighting had just kind of gotten to a place where it could grow plants effectively. And so, you know, that industry of growing indoors was just starting to to see the light of day and LEDs were the enabling technology that allowed everybody to really consider seriously indoor cultivation. Um, Because before you could never really grow super effectively indoor because it was so expensive to run a metal halide or high pressure sodium bulb on top of some plants or a commodity that's, you know, sold for a dollar a head of lettuce or something like that. But LEDs and cutting all that electricity out of the equation really enabled that to be to be possible.
1: Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of this show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in, to get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now back to the show.
2: So the path is a, is a weird path, right? It's weird, but it's typical. I mean, that's the typical path. People bob and weave and they move up and over and sideways and you keep finding something that fits you better. And ultimately, you're at Walmart figuring out how to grow leafy vegetables in a vertical indoor setting. And and how'd you get there from paint from the painting industry or how you get there from the cleaning chemical industry or how you get there from the solar industry? I think it might be in that find your passion. So you tell me your passion is food, sustainability, democratization of uh, uh, food. When did you figure that out and how did you figure it out? Or is that part of being excellent? You're just constantly in the process and you're now excellent at figuring out what your passion is.
0: Well, (laughs) you know, I know I said at the beginning here that my brother knew what he wanted to do and what his passion was from the beginning and I didn't, but Literally, as we're talking and I'm hearing you say it, I'm starting to think, you know what? I knew what my passion was early on. It was nature, science, food. And at the end of the day, I was drawn in industry and in business to those things because that's what I've been passionate about from the beginning. And So So
2: you're listening to your gut. You got to stop and pause every once in a while listen to your gut. And you said that before. If it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. And if you're not passionate, you're not going to want to overdo it. So it's time to go do something else that you find you're passionate.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, when I, when I considered the opportunity to jump on in the solar business, I knew nothing about solar. I didn't know if I was going to like it, but... I loved the idea that I could be doing something good for the planet, good for people. And I wanted to be part of that. And I wanted to be part of it at a big scale. Um, and that's something that from that moment of doing large uh, utility scale solar, that has also been a theme for me that every, what I do, I wanna do a big scale. And that led me from sustainability at scale, Um, globally to agriculture at scale globally, and now working for the world's largest retailer and having the opportunity to be impactful to you know one of the largest groups of, of, of people, you know, to be able to democratize food at every socioeconomical level and provide the cleanest, healthiest food possible is really such, you know, I'm so humbled and grateful. Um, to have found this opportunity and, uh, you know, maybe it found me, you know, because this, this, my passion and, and, and where I'm at right now are, are, could not be better aligned. And I, I think that, you know, it's hard to believe that that's just dumb luck, right? Um, you've got to believe that, that that's, um, there's other, other things at play. And I think that whether you realize your passion is super clear, like my brother, or you're not, you know, it's maybe there, but you don't quite see it clearly. At the end of the day, if you're following your, your heart, you're listening to your gut, and you're following your passion, you're gonna get to a place of, of, of success.
2: That's kismet. That's what they call it in Hindu culture, kismet. So let's go to, look it up. If you're in the car, don't look it up right now. Think about it later, K-I-S-M-U-T. But well, let's talk about what you do. So uh, we got your path down, interesting path. There's a lot of takeaway serendipity, trusting your gut, chasing your passion, working hard. Um, you started early. Maybe someone's listening and they haven't proven themselves yet. They got to go back and work hard, prove they've got a work ethic. They've got to go in there and do the interactions and develop the communication organization skill. And eventually you start moving up, following your passion, doing well in everything you do, right? Always doing well, always doing your best. And then you end up where you're at now. What do you do on a daily basis? What skills do you need? What's a,
0: what's a, a day in the life like? Well, yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, a day in the life is really, um, what I do now is, is a lot of strategizing how we can change food systems, change supply chains, um, to create something that provides a much larger benefit to everyone who's involved. So what I mean by that is everyone who comes along the fresh produce journey from the guys who are, are selling seeds to the farmers, to the truckers who are moving the food, to the distribution centers that are getting it out to stores and and to the retailers in the stores and and ultimately and most importantly to the end consumer, who's you know buying this food and feeding their family with it, and you know how can we do a better job of creating that process flow from seed to plate? I guess you could you could say at a massive scale, and and so I spend a lot of my time thinking about that and. A large part of my job right now is, is, is not only thinking about that, but thinking about how technology and innovation can help enable that to happen. And since I spent a lot of years in, in, in controlled environment agriculture, a big piece of, 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 of my charter currently is looking at controlled environment agriculture and how we can leverage um, that budding industry um, uh, for the future.
2: And so, when you're having these uh, strategic thoughts and these strategic planning, is it you by yourself? Do you have a team that you're meeting with? Um, are you or are you a strategic planning facilitator as part of your skill set? W- what do you need to know how to do to do that? It sounds like a sweet job, by the way. I've been working a quite a long, quite a few more years, more than you. And if you add up the hours, probably double your hours. And I want a job where I get to think the whole time. That sounds awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah you know it is a great it is a great job. and I, I, I sit right between two really amazing organizations, a sourcing organization that, that looks at sourcing fresh produce and a merchant organization that actually does does the buying and uh, you know of that produce and, and execution um, you know at retail. And I for sure work with a team. you know I think that although there's not like a multiple of me in this exact same position, I ultimately have to work cross functionally within within the company with a whole lot of people to be able to realize strategy or or at least create something that ultimately makes sense for us as an organization for all of our partners who work in this value chain and then for the end customer so you know I, I I definitely have a team of people which I work with daily to do this creation. And, and then, you know, I, I work directly with potential partners out there to see if, you know, our vision can align with their vision. And if we share the same values to ultimately, you know, change the world and, and uh, you know, provide better value to uh, to consumers.
2: So if someone's driving in the car right now, listening to this at 1.5 speed right now, I'm talking really fast. So 1.5 speeds, almost 2.0 speed um you're talking about collaboration skills you're talking about relationship management skills you're talking about listening skills critical study whether it's reading listening uh, whatever form of media you're looking at but you're looking at it critically you're talking about business development skills you're talking about negotiation skills and then in addition to all that all those what we call soft skills that transfer to any industry you have a heavy understanding of the industry with many years of background leading up
0: to the big job. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you. at the end of the day, you have to be knowledgeable in something, right? I mean, you, you can't just know a little bit, I think, about a lot of things. Like, at some point, you have to kind of know something deeply. And I'm somebody who who's always I'm 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 very inquisitive. I I, I want to know how something works down to the the, the nth degree. You know, I, I want to understand the science, even if I'm not an engineer or or a scientist. I want to try to understand it to the best that I can. And I think in sales, that that goes a long way because at the end of the day, you need to be able to talk about something intelligently and you need to be able to understand something well enough. So that you can create the stories and that you can create the strategy. So whether it's business development, whether it's working with an in consumer, or you know business to business, or within an organization, you're you know I kind of look at it like you're you're always kind of selling something in in the in the the respect that you are um, allowing people to understand something that you're passionate about or something that you're highly knowledgeable about and. And so, you know, don't be afraid to dive in deep and 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 really understand some detail, you know to the best of your ability. And you can't be everything. Um, you know, I can't be an engineer. I can't be a plant scientist, but uh, but I try to know a little bit about those things, and I really try to go deep where where I'm really passionate. And I think that that's that's helped a lot. But at the you know one other thing that I would say is, you know I've failed a lot throughout my career as well. And you know I've learned a lot from failure, and one thing that I've learned over time too that I really try to do you know that i've I've worked a lot on in my career, especially the last ten years, has been you know really trying to see what I can give to others as opposed to what can i what am I getting from others and and that I mean that in the sense of business with with people I'm working with, whether that's You know, business to business or to consumer, but also people that are within my organization. um, You know, colleagues, and and I think that that was something that when I was really young, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I always looked at like how can I get the most out of whatever I'm doing. You know, what 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 is this offering me? And now I really look at it like what can I offer? And I think since I've you know since that's happened. It's helped a lot. I've been more successful. And the people around me have been more receptive to helping advance or, you know, to do well with me, you know, both in sales externally and internally with my career. So
2: Yeah, and I find a well, every, every person on the podcast, because I had select every person on the podcast. And I only hang out with people that share my values. I find that I hear a lot on this podcast about the wake people leave behind. And I think about it a lot because I have two Gen Z kids and what happened with Gen Z and a bit to the millennials too, they got trophies. We went from their the parents worried about how you are, my generation, to how you feel. And we've all, my generation has parented their kids around how they feel. And all of a sudden, There's this feeling that I already have a legacy. People are taking care of me and the world is revolving around me. But in actual fact, if you're Gen Z, you're listening to this right now, you probably are about to hit end. Don't hit end. You are here to impact the world around you and earn your legacy. The world doesn't revolve around you. And I always say, anytime I chase a dollar, I never get one. You said it a little bit differently. It's about contribution. And you said, when it happened, interesting phrasing, when it happened, like some kismet, kismet, the hand of God came down and touched you uh, when it happened. But really what you meant was when you realized, Yeah. That's when it. you realized it's about contribution. Life got a lot better because when you do unto others, as you would have done unto yourself, uh, you find that your life is much better. You also didn't mention, but you talked about throughout uh, the time we've been together on this uh, Zoom, uh, you talked about mentorship a little bit, and you talked about following the best example. So when you're in high school, you're working, other people aren't. When you're in college, you're studying. Other people may not be. You're getting internships and jobs. They're making fun of you for working so hard. So you're follow, you are you. spent your life following the best example and looking for mentors and taking from everybody you could,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I continue to do that, actually. I think that, that mentors are invaluable. And if you don't have one, go go find one you know i think that there's really it's really powerful to one be able to step back yourself and 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 ask yourself you know am i doing the right things am i happy am i you know am i am i am i proceeding down a path that's good for me and my family my career but it's it's also another to to say those things to someone else and then have somebody give you some some honest, you know, feedback, some third party feedback and it it helps i at least it's really helped me to hear it from others, um especially things that are hard, you know, to hear cuz sometimes i don't like to tell myself that, you know, you're not good at this or or, you know, you're deluding yourself thinking that that uh, you know, this is the right thing or or whatever. And so i think it's really good to hear you know, negative and positive from someone else, especially in a career, in a career conversation. So mentors have been invaluable to me and, um, you know, something I advise everybody to have.
2: And me too. And you and I have a similar upbringing. I started off the same way as you with all the odd jobs, cleaning houses, cleaning lawn, cleaning lawns, mowing lawns, taking care of little kids. Do you know whose lawns I mowed and houses I cleaned and kids I took care of? (laughs)
0: mine and me i think
2: yes um... it was yours and you (laughs) and then when i had my one of my many jobs that i got fired from i remember your dad actually i hadn't been fired yet your dad coming in to my place of work to have one of those mentoring talks with me that you don't want to hear i know what it was my parents found booze in the house and they sent your dad so you're, you're Michael and I know each other for so long and he's my second guest from Albuquerque, New Mexico, because he's my godbrother and I've known him since he was born. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, I have one more question for you. I'm digressing with uh, uh, cleaning your house and mowing your lawn and then your dad inspecting the work and then your dad busting me. But the mentorship and by the way, I don't know if you know this. Your dad was on the board of advisors for college works and national services group because he was the, the provost of the university of new Mexico. He'd been the director of the national science foundation. He was my godfather and he was on our board of advisors. Why we had a board of advisors. Did you know that?
0: I did not know that. You um, learn something
2: new every day.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think, you know, here's something else. You know, my, my dad, while he was, you know, he was a scientist. Through and through, an amazing biologist. He was very business savvy um, at the same time, and you know he had a number of business sayings. You know, sorry, going back to sayings um, that my father used to have. One of which has has really been impactful for me throughout throughout my business career, and that's what he always used to call the seven P's. Um, do you know what the seven P's are, Matt? No proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Yes. Yes. I remember saying that again, proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. And, you know, I think that is so true and something that I, I always talk about with my teams, you know, it's, it's, it's invaluable. What, what really good preparation for anything um, leads typically to to decent results. And so, so yeah, another, another fatherly tidbit there.
2: And career-wise, that means work hard when you're young. If you forgot to do that, work hard now. That means keep trying to get something bigger and better and harder and more challenging and more scary because it becomes part of your comfort zone. If you've been listening to this podcast at all, it means pay attention to your gut, it means chase your passion. It means if you if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. And if you're not overdoing it, figure out why and go find something that you can't overdo. But before I let you go, Michael, I got to ask you, what sacrifice did you make when you were young that you
0: absolutely don't regret you would want to do all over again? Yeah, good question. I, I think, you know, I don't regret all the time that I put in focusing on 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 career on goals on on trying to to uh to learn as much as i possibly could to work as hard as i could yeah i don't regret that I, i think i have a different perspective now you know once i got married and had kids and everything else you know a lot of that time was just swept away in an instant and i didn't realize you know how valuable that time is and i don't regret in my 20s um spending a lot of time a lot more than a lot of my my peers um you know working on 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 everything that i could possibly think of to try to be a better person and and spending that extra time at, at work and you know spending that extra taking those extra classes that I didn't know if they'd mean anything, but I thought it was neat. You know, spending extra time reading those books. You know that uh, I wasn't sure were directly you know going to be impactful for me, but I was going to do it anyway. And you know, spending times doing things like internships and starting a small business with college works. That I was like, I don't know anything about painting, or that I want to be a painter, but let's let's do it. And it means a lot of dedication of time but it was so so worth it and um you know i would do it again in a heartbeat
2: well that's proper planning you don't regret proper planning for later life it doesn't happen accidentally it happens purposefully and michael yates Shout out to Nancy Yates in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who probably right now is eating green chili. And we both wish we were there. Thank you so much for coming on the Edge of Excellence. Thank you for making time away from your family. I know you're super duper busy here at year end, and I hope you have a very
0: merry holiday season. You as well. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, wwwone slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.